Welcome to the serialized audiobook, Seven Deadly Seals, written by Alana Albertson, narrated by Jason Clark and Jennifer O'Donnell, produced at Brickshop Audio Inc. Seven Deadly Seals is also available in print as an ebook on the Radish Fiction app and as a full-length audiobook. If you want the whole story without waiting, grab one of these formats from the links at www.authoralanaalbertson.com. That's www.authoralanaalbertson.com. And now, Seven Deadly Seals, Episode 7. Chapter 3, Cassinia. When Grant's bike exited in Ocean Beach, the sight of the neon green sign filled my heart with joy. The pickled frog. A sigh of relief escaped. Returning to one of Joaquin's old haunts gave me a strong sense of comfort. Grant and I had shared some good times here, too. Memories flashed back. Grant holding my hair in the parking lot after I puked from drinking one too many rum and Cokes. Grant telling me he loved me for the first time when I picked him up smashed after one of the seal funerals. Sitting between my two favorite men, celebrating the day they finally earned their tridents. That day, I'd been filled with hope for my future. Today, I was filled with dread for Joaquin's. We pulled up behind the dive and climbed off Grant's bike. I quickly collected myself and remembered to pretend to not know where I was. Where are we? This is my buddy Kyle's bar. I nodded. A second job working at the unofficial SEAL hangout was just what I needed. Grant pushed back the doors, and my jaw dropped. The place had been completely redone. Hardwood floors had replaced the multicolored shag carpet, and laminate countertops were made out of thick oak slabs. No more whiskey mixed with puke stench. This place was almost respectable. A little less than six months ago, I'd come here desperate for help, confused, lost, alone, without any plan. Now I was transformed into a new woman and was making progress every day on securing my brother's freedom. I'd gained access to the seals, the strippers, and had placed a tracking device on Mitch's phone. It wasn't much, but it was a start. Kyle gave Grant a bro hug. Kyle, this beautiful woman is Ksenia. Kyle kissed my hand. Hi, Kyle. I looked up to meet his eyes. He was massive in every way, towering over his seal buddies. His muscles double the size of theirs, which was just ridiculous. How was that even possible? Your man here tells me you're looking for a job. I'm sure the boys would love to have your banging body filling their drinks. I am hard worker. Thank you for meeting together with me. Of course, beautiful. Tell me about yourself. He leaned into me, his soulful eyes studying my face, as if he knew me. My heart fluttered, and I resisted the urge to flee. I was born in the Ukraine. My baba and me, we came to your country. She died, and now I'm alone. There is nothing else to tell. 
Well, sugar, I treat my employees like family. Have you attended bar? Even though Grant was my ex-boyfriend, in a way, I feared Kyle would be the one to discover my identity. He was older than the other men and had lived a full life before joining the teams. And he was one of those rare men who actually listened. No, I have not. But I am the quick learner. Okay, then. He opened up the side door to the bar. Hop on it. Give it a try. You can start by taking Grant's order. Grant reached across the bar and held my hand as if to reassure me. You got this, babe. Just give me a whiskey on the rocks. Kyle gave me a quick layout of the bar, where the different liquors were stored, different types of glasses for various drinks. My head was spinning, but every time I glanced at Grant, his smile gave me confidence. After an hour or so, I needed a break. A blinding light flashed in my head, and I feared a migraine was coming on. Kyle, I thank you for giving me this opportunity. When do you need me to start? How about Tuesday night? Weekends are the busiest, so during the week I'll have more time to train you. I couldn't hold in my excitement. I flung my arms around Kyle's neck and squeezed him. He gave me a long hug. Thank you, Mr. Kyle. I will not be the disappointment to you. Kyle reached across the bar and placed his hand on Grant's shoulder. Don't worry, man. I'll keep an eye on her. Grant's gaze ping-ponged between Kyle and me. His hand squeezed his glass. His nostrils flared. I'd known Grant for so long that I could tell he was annoyed. I didn't think he suspected me of being Mia. But maybe he just didn't want me to work with his friends. But then why would he bring me here for the interview? Something was wrong. I had to trust my gut and not dismiss my instinct. But I couldn't allow his reaction to matter at the moment. Grant stormed out of the bar. I thanked Kyle and raced after Grant, my high heels slipping into the gravel outside of the bar. Like quicksand, my feet sank into the earth. And for a moment, I wondered what it would be like to disappear. But unfortunately, I recovered and caught up to Grant. He was already sitting on his bike, his tight jeans showing off that perfect ass of his. His head was turned toward the beach, and I followed his gaze to the ocean. I couldn't help myself. My desire to soothe him, alleviate any pain I was causing him, overtook my resolve to remain emotionally distant in order to guard my secrets. I climbed on the bike, wrapped my arms around him, and nuzzled his neck. No words were exchanged, just enjoyment of the silence in this moment, comforting him the only way I could. I tried to radiate warmth toward him and project with my body how much I truly loved him. My nails lightly scraped against his beard, and I traced the scar on his neck. His green eyes gave me a wounded stare, and a guilty shiver flashed through my body, remembering how I'd left him when he'd been injured. I turned his face toward me. Thank you for taking me to here. Okay, I quit answers. His cold glare softened, and his mouth widened into a slight smile. He licked his lips, 
and nodded. I knew that look, smug, sexy, satisfied. He loved to get his way, so I was happy to give him this false sense of victory. I let him drive me back to my place, wondering for a second if it was a mistake for him to see where I lived, but I felt it would be odder if I refused. I had to have faith in my blessings and believe that I was finally being granted some good luck. We arrived at my apartment. My mind prepared some excuses to give to prevent him from coming upstairs, but to my surprise, he didn't even ask. At the door, he pressed his body against mine, his hard cock teasing me through my pants. Can I see you tomorrow? I ran my fingers through his hair. Yes. Where do we go? He smirked. I'll take you to Panthers to quit and get your car. Shit, I'd forgotten I'd left my car parked overnight. Okay, you can take me to there. He pushed me up against the wall, his lips claiming mine. I let out a moan as his tongue explored my mouth. God, I wanted him. I wanted to scream, I'm Mia, I'm yours, always and forever. Playing this sex kitten role, being this close to the man I loved, had renewed in me my deepest desires for him. I wanted to lose myself in him, in us, in pleasure. Have him fuck me until I could forget about how much I screwed my life up. Instead, he let out a maniacal laugh, like he'd recognized my desire, like he'd caught on to my game. I'll pick you up at 11. I watched Grant walk back toward his bike, looking like some buff blonde movie star sex god. Even from afar, I could see his wicked smirk in my direction. He pulled his helmet down and he took off, barreling down the road. I could feel a knot forming in my belly. I didn't know what to make of the peculiar way Grant was behaving. All this time, I thought I was the one trying to play a part but maybe I was the one truly being deceived. Chapter 4. Grant Done. My first plan of attack went off without any setbacks. I sat on my bike outside Panthers in the middle of the day, watching Ksenia's fine ass as she walked inside, her blonde hair covering her shoulders. A man whistled at her from his car. Bastard was probably jerking off. I had to admit this scene was pathetic. After getting to know some strippers over the years, I'd learned some hard truths. Most of the women were either drug addicts, victims of abuse, or plain down on their luck. They were not the sexually empowered temptresses I'd deluded myself to believe they were. I'd always justified coming here by considering strip clubs to be places to bond with my brothers for boys' nights out. At least I'd convinced Ksenia to quit so she wouldn't be flashing her tits to the construction workers devouring their free lunch buffet. Getting her the job yesterday at the bar gutted me. I knew Kyle and my buddies would keep her safe, but it made me nauseous to think that this full mind fuck could actually be happening. Had Mia worked her ass off to be an actress only to now use her talents to be nothing more than eye candy? 
She'd be serving drinks to a bunch of fucked up alcoholic frogmen while they ogled her. I prayed I was wrong about Ksenia being Mia in disguise. I couldn't allow myself to think about the implausibility of this situation. I had to concentrate on the task at hand. I needed to get some sort of proof, something tangible that convinced me, without a doubt, that Ksenia was Mia. If I was correct, I might let her keep her ruse up to the outside world, especially if we could glean any information that could save her brother. But that was it. No feelings, nothing beyond this operation. I wasn't even sure if I should sleep with her. Sure, I'd love to fuck her sweet pussy again, make her scream my name, but I couldn't risk getting addicted to her. She was toxic to me, like heroin. I'd quit her once. I wasn't sure I could do it again. She walked out of Panthers, her high heels making her gait lack the casualness Mia's once had. Even so, from the distance all I saw was my dream girl. I couldn't stop staring. It was almost as if Dr. 90210 had created her just for me. I had to remember that if my theory was correct, nothing about this girl was real. Not her face, not her tits, not her hair. I wouldn't say she was a sociopath because she clearly had ruined her life to try to save Joaquin's. Even so, she had no problem using me to get what she wanted. If she could be this callous and treat me as little more than a stepping stone, what we had must have been bullshit all along. She stood next to my bike, her elbows pressed to the side of her body, making her look even more petite than usual. I stepped on the gas and handed her the helmet. How did it go, babe? Her lips were trembling. It was fine. He understood said thank you to me for the hard work. I will take my car home now. Not so fast. Time to up the game. I'll bring you back here later. Come with me to my bro's place. His wife just had a baby. Her brow furrowed, and she hesitated for a second. I was actually worried that she would decline. Okay. I go. Her expression went slack. Her bright eyes turned dull, and were those tears? I handed her the helmet. I didn't know what to think. Her body language conflicted with her words. No way would she turn down an opportunity to hang out with my friends if she was Mia. But why did she look so sad? I fought the urge to comfort her. She pushed the helmet over her head and gave me an empty stare. And who is it that I say I am to you? She had a point. Though Ksenia had met my buddies and would be working for Kyle, we never brought strippers to family functions. But Annie was cool and would probably feel bad for Ksenia. Just tell them you're my girlfriend. Her chin dropped and she gave a weak nod. I squeezed her hand and she climbed on the back of my bike, wrapping her tight body against me. What just happened? I suspected that she would be nervous to be around people who knew Mia, but I didn't understand why she seemed to be wincing. Mia loved babies, 
and she had to know I was talking about Pat and Annie's newborn. I was still suspicious Ksenia was Mia, but something was off. Either way, I needed to take her to this party, see how she acted around my friends. She had to slip up soon. I took off on the bike, the road rumbling under me, Ksenia's head nestled against my back. Though the sounds of the traffic and the roar of the engine vibrated loudly in my helmet, I could almost swear I heard sobs, her tears blown away by the wind. Chapter 5 Ksenia My mind raced as we drove toward Pat and Annie's place. What was today? Christmas? I was being invited to another seal gathering. This was too easy way too easy, but my nerves and skin felt raw and exposed. I'd only met Annie once briefly at the send-off when Joaquin deployed last summer. She seemed shy, withdrawn, overwhelmed, and spent most of the day latched onto Pat. Ever since this nightmare started with my brother, whenever I felt sorry for myself, I would think of Annie being kidnapped, forced into sex slavery, and still finding the will to live. Learning about her survival strengthened my faith and gave me perspective about my own predicament. Unfortunately, today, I would be meeting her as Grant's stripper's side piece, a reminder of the sex industry she'd fought so hard to escape. Grant parked his bike, and I hopped off. He stored our helmets, took my hand, and walked me through the door. Why was he bringing a stripper to this family function? I still couldn't shake the feeling that he was on to me. Pat opened the door, his son Gabriel tugging at his leg. Are you here to see my baby sister? Grant knelt before Gabriel. Yes, we are, little man. Gabriel's dark skin and chocolate-colored curls were a sharp contrast to Pat's fair complexion and blonde hair. Despite the fact that Gabriel wasn't Pat's biological son, I could tell that Pat adored him, I glanced up at Grant, my throat thick, my stomach churning. Would Grant have done the same thing for me? Love my child by another man, no matter how that child had been conceived? I pushed the thought out of my head. I had to focus on this party, the people here, and stay the course. Congrats, bro. Grant shook Pat's hand. This is Ksenia. Ksenia, this is my buddy Pat. Grant winked at Pat. Pat raised an eyebrow toward Grant and shook my hand. Nice to meet you, Ksenia. The ladies are fawning over the baby in the nursery. First door on the right. Damn it. I had to go in there by myself? Face a bunch of seal wives and girlfriends as Grant's stripper flame? I'd rather face a firing squad. But team wives were bound by their own secret code. I'd take what I could get. At this point... Anything would help. Grant followed Pat and Gabriel out into the backyard, where the men were drinking and barbecuing. I spotted the usual suspects through the glass doors, Kyle, Vic, Paul, and Joe. Rounding out the group was a guy with a Marine Corps high and tight cut, a blonde surfer-looking dude with a mop of hair, and Mitch. My pulse quickened. I was so thankful Grant brought me here despite my awkwardness. I surveyed my clothes, a flowy pink blouse paired with fitted white pants, nude pumps, and a designer handbag. 
I was going for nouveau ruski chic, a far cry from Mia's uniform of vintage t-shirts, distressed jeans, and rhinestone flip-flops. At least I wasn't dressed like I just shimmied down the pole. I walked down the hallway and stood in the doorway of the nursery, waiting for an invite to join the ladies. Annie was holding her baby, wrapped tightly in a pink blanket. Five other women were in the room. I saw two team wives who knew Mia. Another woman had dark curly hair and sat directly next to Annie. The remaining two included a stunning blonde with a dancer's body and a gorgeous African-American woman wearing a white sundress. I waved hesitantly at Annie, struck by the glow of new motherhood. Already a natural beauty, her skin was translucent, her hair dark and shiny. She motioned me into the room. I didn't know what to say, conscious of my fake accent, my lies. Hi, my name is Ksenia. I'm here together with Grant. Paul's wife, Dara, gave me a dirty look, and Joe's wife, Tori, didn't even glance at me. I was sure they suspected exactly where Grant had met me. I expected to be scorned by Dara, but Tori's dismissal shocked me. I never thought she'd be so openly rude. Tori had been my idol once, the dream team wife, totally committed to her husband since high school, faithful, great mom. But more notable than who was there was who wasn't. Where was April, Mitch's wife? I'd last seen her at the Pickled Frog right after Joaquin was arrested. April always went to SEAL family events with their two kids in tow. In fact, she did her best never to let Mitch out of her sight, which was clearly a hard task. Annie looked up from her newborn. Nice to meet you, Ksenia. Thanks for coming. Her voice was soothing and warm. Tori didn't acknowledge my existence. Annie, I'm going to go check on the boys. Dara followed Tori closely, as if they were bound together by a leash. The other ladies gave me polite nods, but no one offered an introduction. I tiptoed into the room, placed my purse on the floor, and stared at this tiny baby in her arms, doing my best to blink back tears. Her name is Cherie Esperanza. Do you want to hold her? Annie's kind eyes focused on me, as if she understood me. Or maybe the emotions in the room were causing me to read way more into the situation. Esperanza, hope in Spanish. Could meeting this little baby be a sign for me not to lose hope? I didn't want to hold Cherie, not because I felt cold and emotionally dead inside, though that was part of it. I didn't want to cradle her, see her cute little button nose, lips the shape of a bow. One coup and I'd have a breakdown. Not here. Not now. Not when I'd come so far to forget. Before I could object, Annie placed the precious baby in my arms. I held in a breath as the fresh new baby smell wafted through my nostrils. One lone tear escaped from my eye before I could stop it. This beautiful baby forced me to savor living in the moment. A lump grew in the back of my throat, and for the first time since I'd transformed, I was angry. Angry at the man who ruined my life 
and destroyed my relationship with Grant. Angry at the drunk driver who killed my parents. Angry at whoever killed Tiffany. And frankly, angry that Joaquin was stupid enough to put himself in a situation like that. I had to believe that this life detour was part of my path, and that one day I'd be lucky enough to have my own family. Joaquin would be free. He would rebuild his life. And so would I. Cherie started squirming. I held her so tight. I didn't want to let her go, and reluctantly handed her back to her mother. I'm going to try to put her down now, she said in a whisper. I'll join you all in the backyard when I'm done. The blonde with the dancer's body left the room with me, while the other two women stayed behind with Annie. Once outside the house, the blonde approached me. Sorry, I didn't introduce myself back there. I'm Sarah. How long have you known Grand? I studied her face. She looked familiar. Only a short time. He is a good man. Who are you together with? She laughed. Kyle. Whoa. I'd known Kyle for over four years. He'd never had a girlfriend. Ever. Such a player. I was intrigued that he possibly could have found whatever he was looking for. Outside, Sarah joined Tori and Dara at the patio table. Pat was grilling while the surfer dude in the Marine helped him out. I made my way over to Grant and his buddies, Kyle, Pat, Joe, Vic, and Paul. Grant put his arm around me. Isenia, this is my buddy Joe. Nice to meet together with you. I offered my hand. Joe looked the same, hulking arms, long hair, brown eyes. But he almost seemed too good to be true. Kyle winked at me. I have an announcement. This beautiful doll has just been hired as the new bartender at the Pickled Frog. I know you'll all miss Vic's ass moping around, but I'll just keep him in the kitchen since no one wants to look at him. Vic's lips widened into a grin. That's not what Sarah said last night. All the men just laughed. I held back my own giggle, a tinge of sadness creeping over me. I used to love listening to Joaquin and his buddies razz each other. Vic was sexy as hell, dark skin, glinting eyes, dimples for days, full-sleeved tattoos. Since his divorce a few years ago, I'd never seen him with another woman. He didn't seem like the stripper-loving type. And again, neither had Joaquin or Grant. My attention turned to Paul. Totally stood out from the rest of the men. Short brown hair, no tattoos. If you ignored his cut body, he could easily pass as a Wall Street banker. He had money, was educated at Annapolis, a classy officer type. The party Tiffany died at was held at his in-law's home. Maybe an unknown person had been at the party. I couldn't imagine any of these men killing Tiffany. There had to be another explanation. But I had to remember that no matter how these men acted, they were all Navy SEALs. They all had a dark side. And I was determined to find out what each one's vice was. Grant narrowed his eyes, squinting at me. Gonna get you a drink, babe? Before I could answer, I noticed Mitch inside the kitchen. I needed to talk to him, alone. I go to get it myself. 
I left my purse inside. Do you want one another beer? I'd purposely left my purse in the nursery just in case I needed an excuse to snoop around. His lips gave me a sly smile, which made me wonder what he was thinking. Then he answered, Always. Yeah, that's what I thought. Seals drank and swam like fish. I walked back into the house and strolled slowly down the hallway, perusing the photos on the wall. Pat and Annie's wedding photo, a beaming Gabriel by their side, a picture of Pat kissing Annie at the last homecoming. Hell, there were even pictures of them doing one of those cheesy maternity photo shoots with Pat rubbing her belly. Man, he must be whipped. I reached the doorway. Before I knocked, I held my breath, hoping to overhear something. Luck was on my side. Annie spoke in a low tone. But Grace, I just can't believe Joaquin murdered someone. God knows all the seals have serious issues. Fuck, I met Pat because he hired me in a brothel. But murder? Yes, they are trained killers, but they have this code. I don't buy it. Since Pat said Joaquin was such a great guy, there just has to be another explanation. Maybe something in Tiffany's past. It's still so fucking tragic, especially the way the media acts like it was her fault, like her life has no value because of her job. After what I went through, it pisses me off. Your FBI... Can't you investigate? Grace didn't immediately respond. The conversation lulled, and I didn't want to look suspicious. I knocked on the door, and Annie let me in. Apologizing, I grabbed my purse and headed back toward the kitchen with a new spring in my step. I had read everything I could about Tiffany, but the information I'd found had been scarce. I needed to launch a new investigation, find out more about the victim, and maybe then I could find her killer. I poured some cranberry juice and vodka into a red solo cup for myself, grabbed another beer for Grant, and waited for Mitch to approach. I didn't have to wait long. He slapped my ass, his whiskey-spiked breath hot on my ear. I knew you'd sneak away from him. Couldn't stop thinking about me. What a conceited prick. Grant was sexy as fuck, and even if he didn't just happen to be the love of my life, any woman would be thrilled to be with him. There was definitely no need to be fantasizing about Mitch when I had Grant. But, although I would never admit it out loud, I did get Mitch's appeal. He was a true bad boy. A sexy, ripped, dirty-talking, arrogant, no-fucks-given asshole. Sex seeped out of his pores. Luckily, I was able to resist his charms. Time to play him. I traced his chest with my fingernails. No, handsome, I could not, but I worry. Grant made me quit it, my job at Pencers. I do not have the money anymore. I batted my eyelashes. Seemed cliche, but it always worked on the customers at Panthers. I needed to hear his response. If there was shady prostitution activity going on in this town involving these strippers, Mitch would be the first to know about it. My eyes focused on his ring finger. His wedding ring was absent. Married seals never wore their rings at work, 
but they usually wore them at parties like this. Had April finally took their kids and left Mitch? He was acting even slimier than usual. Maybe I'd be able to find some clues when I analyzed the data on his phone from the tracking device. He knocked back his beer, his other hand rubbing my left thigh. This is your lucky day, baby doll. Meet me downtown tonight. There's this club, Diamond, on Market Street. Without Grant, I'll make sure he's called into work. You can thank me by giving me a private dance. I'd love to have those gorgeous titties rubbing all over my face. Maybe if you're lucky, I'll come all over them. I tried to give him a coy smile while I fought the bile that was trying to come up into my throat. Diamond, I heard it is good club. My friend Autumn told me about it. His tongue darted out to lick his lips. You know Autumn? I didn't know Grant let his girls party together. Maybe you, Autumn, and I can have some fun later. You can lick her pussy while I fuck you from behind. Would you like that, baby doll? What the fuck? God, this man was so vile. He didn't even care that I was with his friend, a man who would die for him. Or then again, maybe these seals always shared their strippers. I prayed Grant didn't treat any woman like this, no matter what her occupation was. I do not like women the way I like men. His smile looked even sleazier than I'd seen it look before. Have you ever been with a woman? No. Women to me, they are beautiful. But I like men. I replied, shaking my head. I wanted to flee, but he had invited me to Diamond, and Autumn had mentioned that club to me the other night. This couldn't be a coincidence. I now had solid proof that seals on Joaquin's team partied at Diamond. I'll meet you there at seven. Don't be late. I glanced toward Grant to make sure he wasn't watching us. Then I steadied my nerves and whispered into Mitch's ear. I will be there. Thank you. He held my gaze for a moment looking grossly satisfied with himself, before shoving me against a cabinet, his huge cock pressing into me. I gasped and recoiled at his touch, then remembered my purpose and playfully slapped him. He let out a devilish laugh before releasing me. I headed to the backyard, holding my drink and Grant's beer, though my flesh crawled and I had a bitter taste in my mouth. Hope beamed inside of me. I was confident there would be a clue at Diamond. You've been listening to Episode 7 of Seven Deadly Seals. Tune in next week for Episode 8. You've been listening to Seven Deadly Seals, written by Alana Albertson, narrated by Jason Clark and Jennifer O'Donnell, produced at Brickshop Audio Inc. Seven Deadly Seals is also available in print as an ebook on the Radish Fiction app and as a full-length audiobook. If you want the whole story without waiting, grab one of these formats from the links at www.authoralanaalbertson.com. That's www.authoralanaalbertson.com.